All right. Well, let's go ahead and get started with a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for all that you do for us. Lord, we do ask for you to be in our presence this evening. Lord, we do ask that you be with those that are in Texas, Lord, in the loss and the uh, lives there. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, comfort as only you can. Lord, I do ask that you would speak to our hearts tonight as only you can. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. my whole songbook from me. I'm not going to lead music. We're going to start with number 153 this evening. 153 should be, he is able to deliver thee. We're going to need him to tonight, amen. 
are making your way back to your seat. Ms. Haley's got a special. Um, since it's the month of Thanksgiving, I am thankful for technology because I can control when the music starts and stops from my phone, and that is very cool as a church specialist. <laughs> um, but small thank the Lord for that. Um, but uh, this morning, Pastor, the last point in Pastor's message was um, because Christ is sufficient, we are redeemed. And one of my favorite Christian songs of all time is called Redeemed. Um, I don't know if you all have this problem. As a Christian, I get in the trap of, well, I've gotten behind, so I need to, I have to catch up on my Bible reading before I feel like I'm close to God again. Or I, I get in the trap of, I feel like I have to do all these things. Even, I know I'm saved, I know I don't have to work for my salvation, but oh, I, ca I can't do anything for God because I'm behind on my stuff. But it's the same for salvation. God is, God is there to help you, hiding from him, and you are already redeemed. You're already saved. Just go to him. Yes, you need to work on yourself. Yes, we need to ask forgiveness, but don't let your cluttered life keep you from the joy that is God. He's there for you. That's what he's there for, and we're there to be with him and to praise him and glorify him, and this song is just kind of a reminder for Christians, even when struggles happen and even if they're your struggles or struggles that are happening around you God's there for you don't forget you are redeemed you are saved no one can change that nothing can change that and that's the cool awesome part of salvation and that's what this song talks about Strong. 
testimony that you've been saved, you've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I do appreciate you being here this evening. I know the weather wasn't uh, so nice outside, but uh, uh, I'm thankful that uh, we're in a nice warm place. And a little bit of drips over here occasionally, but uh, uh, that's all right. But I do appreciate you being here. Hope and pray that you've already been blessed to be in the Lord's house today. God's good to us. And uh, I tell you, we are so undeserving, uh, but God is good anyway. November is Missions Emphasis Month, and uh, I believe that uh, missions is the heartbeat of God. I believe that with all my heart, that God, the Bible says that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. God so loved the world. You know, uh, I was thinking about what to preach tonight, and the Lord uh, impressed upon my heart about missions and about not just missions, but uh, evangelistic outreach in general. Uh, just and getting out and sharing the gospel uh, here and afar. And so uh, that's kind of the theme uh, for tonight is just uh, thinking about missions and evangelistic outreach. And uh, I've got five points um, and uh, we'll have the message tonight. But uh, in this thought uh, that missions is the heartbeat of God, number one, I want you to see the compassion of the sovereign. The compassion of the sovereign. The Bible says again in John chapter 3 verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The Bible goes on to say in Romans chapter 5 verse 8, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We see the compassion for the lost, for the uh, uh, the compassion of the sovereign. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Now, I believe that the heartbeat of, of God is missions. He cares about the lost, dying world. And then I want you to notice number two, the commission of the Savior. 
I'm going to have an introduction part, and then we'll get into the heart of the message. But the commission of the Savior, we know the compassion of the sovereign, and the commission of the Savior, we know that verse. The Bible tells all, uh, not just his disciples, but he tells each one of us, Go ye therefore, and uh, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. In Mark chapter 16, verse 15, it says this, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Uh, the Bible teaches us that there's, there's, we see the compassion of the sovereign, we see the commission of the Savior, but also I want you to notice the compelling of the Spirit. The compelling of the Spirit. You know, the Bible teaches that He promised, the Lord Jesus promised that He would give us help as we go out and share the gospel with people. You know, the mission, uh, missionaries that go out, whether they're here in the States or they're on foreign lands, uh, God promises that he would send another. Brother Travis preached or taught in Sunday school some time ago uh, there on uh, John 14, 16. It says, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter. And that word another is one like the same, one just like the Lord Jesus, how he comforted. And the Bible goes on to say in, in uh, John 14, later on it says that the comforter is the Holy Spirit. And that comforter that comfort us is the Holy Spirit, that he may abide with you forever. Folks, when we go out and we share the gospel with a lost and dying world, you're not doing it on your own. You're, you've got the help from the Lord. You've got help from the Holy Spirit. Uh, the other day when Brother Doug and I went out and we were uh, knocking doors there, before we went out, we prayed. And I, I asked the Lord, I said, Holy Spirit of God, would you go and prepare the hearts of the, that you, of the folks that we go in contact with and give us the words to say. And I pray that every time I go and share the gospel with someone because I realize it's not me, I can't do it, and I get nervous and I, I may uh, fumble through words and, and things such as that, but God always, always is there to give me the words to say. And, and uh, you see, the thing is you can mess up all you want, but when the Holy Spirit's doing the work, you know, they hear what God wants them to hear. So we see the compelling of the Spirit. The Bible says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. God shares here, I believe in the Scripture here, He's telling us to go both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. I've heard some people say that Jerusalem is our home city and that uh, Judea is our state and Samaria is our country and then uh, uh, the uttermost parts of the world is the uttermost parts of the world everywhere else and uh, I thought that was pretty fitting there but we see the compassion of the sovereign we see the commission of the savior the compelling of the spirit but I want to focus tonight on two last points and that's where we'll spend most of our time this the uh, number four the cry of the sinner the cry of the sinner why why do we need to be con so concerned with the lost why do we need to be so concerned for this world? I don't know if many of you heard yet, but Brother Adam was telling me about uh, a madman going in Texas to the First Baptist Church there in Texas and uh, shooting and killing 20 people. Can I tell you, this world is getting more evil by the minute. 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, it says, Know ye not that the unrighteousness shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. Why is it so important to get the word of God out? Why is it so important? Because, hey, we were, we're, we were in the same boat. Had it not been someone that cared enough for us, that shared the gospel with us, where would we be today? I thought, I thought about this many times today as I was preparing and, and finishing up here. I thought, if it wasn't been for someone that shared with me, that loved me enough to tell me the truth, I'd be still lost in my sins. See, we don't have to look very long or very hard, and we can see that this world is becoming more evil by the second, by the minute. I mean, just everything that's going on in our country, folks, it's, it's bad. And why is our society in the shape that it is today? It's because we're such a self-centered society and we're not a savior-sensitive society. We don't care about the things of God anymore. We, all we care is about is me, mine, and mine. We don't care about God anymore. And I'm talking about America and, and a country where we were founded on biblical founding. Our, our fathers founded this, uh, this nation on biblical principles. And I believe that we're, you know, we're in a society that it's, it's, we're living in wickedness. Here's, here's the verse in Isaiah 5.20. It says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. That is the day that we're living in today. Why is it so important that we get the gospel out? Because the society we're living in, the cry of the people, they are crying out. They need the Lord. Just as you and I one day needed the Lord. You say, well, I never killed anybody. I never done this. I never done that. No, i never done that either, but it's only by the grace of God. Amen. Woe unto them that call evil. That is the day we're living in. It's not, the thing of it is, it's not just the wicked, ungodly people out there. You know, there's, uh, there's a group of people out there that have the religious clothing on, and they have the re- religious atmosphere. They have all these things. But the Bible says this in Matthew 15, 8, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth. And honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. You know what's wrong with our society today? A bunch of people that claim to be Christians, they have a mouth and they have a lip service, but they have no heart service for God. There's no true heart in it. And I can tell you, those things that we say, we talk, and we, we, we say all these things, but those things do not matter. God knoweth the heart of man. I believe that we're living in a day there's no heart for God. Oh, there's people proclaiming. There's a lot of people saying, oh, Jesus that, and I want to thank Jesus for this, but there's, that's just a lip service. There's no heart in it. You know why I can say that? Because their hearts are far from God by the wickedness of their lives, so they, the way they're living. They want to live one foot in the church or one foot for Christ or, or uh, with their lips at least saying they live for Christ, but... They live for the devil all the rest of the days of their life. That's, that's, you know, the problem with today, the problem with people today is their heart. It's a heart problem. It's a heart issue. Get a hold of that. It's a heart issue 
that people need. They, they need a heart transformation. See, that's the day we're living in. This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. There is a people that know what to say and when to say it and how to say it, but the Bible says their heart is far from God. If you listen close enough, you can probably hear the cries of this world. You can hear the cries of the sinner. You think about the drunkard that's out there. You know what they're crying for? They truly, what they need is someone to share the gospel with them. You say, well, they won't accept it. That's not up for me and you to debate. Our job, our responsibility is to get the word of God out. It's not uh, for us to say, well, they're worthy and they're not worthy. Well, they're pretty, they, they, they live in a good community over here, so let's go visit them. And, and these people, they're poor and they, uh, they don't care about, the oh, it's obvious they're not going to get saved. That's where we get in our hypocritical shoes and we think, oh, well, these people, you know, we can, we can win them to the Lord. These are, this is an easy group here. Well, why not go for all people? Share the gospel to all people. If you listen closely, you can hear the cry of the world. Oh, they think that they're living. They think they're living it up. But folks, there's coming a day of reckoning. Why is it so important for us to get the gospel? Why is it so important that we have missions, month, emphasis? Why is it so important? Because such were some of you. Such were some of you. Matthew 7, says, Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name hast cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. There's a lot of folks out there that have uh, a knowledge, but just having a knowledge of the Lord doesn't make you saved. Why do we need to listen to the cry? Because of this, Revelation 21.8, But the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in a lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Why is it so important that we focus and we have emphasis on uh, missions and uh, upon the lost? Why is it so Because people, when they die without Christ, will spend eternity in hell. That's why it's important. We can listen. We, if we listen clear, uh, uh, close enough, we can hear the cry of the lost sinner. Mark chapter 9, 46 is, tells us about hell, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. I've, I've talked to people. I've even had friends say, you know, whenever I get to hell, when I get to hell, I'm going to party it up with my buddies. That's the saddest thing I've heard people say. Because hell is no party. It's a place of torment where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Then I want you to notice the last thing here. The challenge of the saved. What is our challenge? In Jude, chapter two, uh, 20, or Jude 22, it says, And some have compassion, making a difference. And others say with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. The challenge for the saved is this. Obedience. Obedience. Many of us don't want to share the gospel with people because we're scared. We're afraid of what people may say. We have a fear. But can I tell you, it all, what it all boils down to is obedience. God said it. Whether we agree or disagree, it doesn't matter. It's not up for bait. God said it. You do it. God, another challenge that we have 
is compassion. Obedience and compassion. You say, what do you mean? Well, I believe that we just don't have a compassion for people like we should. One has said that compassion is passion put into action. Compassion is passion put into action. And I believe that when one loves something so much, that's passion. When you have a love for something so much, that's passion. And when it moves you to do something, that's compassion. I've never forgotten when I went on my very first missions trip to Mexico. When I went there, I wasn't fully prepared what I was about to see. I knew that poverty was very prevalent in Mexico, and I, but I did not know to the extent there that it was it, that it was. While I was there, I seen little children playing in uh, in their clothes that they had for school. They didn't have a change of clothes that we take for granted. Teenagers, listen up. We take for granted. You know, they're they don't have. And they spend 15, 20 years trying to build a house that I've seen dog houses built better. I remember going over there and seeing pallets. Well, we stack uh, materials and things on pallets, and they use that to build their house. We've got it so good here, folks. You know, it gave me a passion for the loss. Not just because they were, they were poor, but it, God gave me another, showed me another side of people. The Bible says, and of some have compassion, making a difference. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. My wife told me this morning she was doing, uh, reading that quote. Does anybody know who quoted that originally? Who was it, Chris? Theodore Roosevelt. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You know, people really need to see that you care about them. Compassion makes a difference. I don't mean to belabor the, the mission's emphasis, but can I tell you, what made the difference in your life? It was the Lord that made the difference. And it was that compassion that someone had, that, that love that someone had for you, that they shared the gospel with you. So we've seen the compassion of the sovereign. We've seen the commission of the Savior, the compelling of the Spirit, the cry of the sinner, the challenge of the saved. So what can we do for missions and evangelistic outreach? This is where we want to get into the heart of the message. Number one, we can be participants. We can be participants by going. By uh, The Bible says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. That is so good, that part. Lo, I am with you always. God said he would be with us the whole time even unto the end of the world. Amen. You see, there are some specifics that I've noticed. It's that this command, it's a present command. He says, go. You know, you think about that. That, that verse says, go. You know, the Lord is very specific in His instructions. He tells us just to go. Uh, this is where we get hung up many times because we just don't go. And, but God didn't give us a choice. God didn't give us a choice. It, it'd be like us telling our children we got some parents in here tonight and it'd be like us telling our children to go and do something and they don't do it how well would that go over in your house in my house it wouldn't go over too well would it no 
wouldn't go over too well. If I tell them to go do something, that means they better get up and do it. You know what? God has told us to go out to the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that his house may be full. God has challenged us and told us, commanded us, commissioned us to go out. I'm not saying that we need to go out and spend every day, every hour of every day door knocking. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is this, that when we're out, we can be a witness. Whether you're on the workplace, and I'm not saying take steal hours from your job. You be a good worker. But if you're at work, there's come break times. There comes times when, when you have free time that you can share the gospel with people, that you can talk to people, that you can, you can tell them, hey, I'm praying for you. Is there anything I can pray for you about? And that will make a difference in people's lives when you are a light in a dark community. I remember when I worked at, I wasn't always a pastor. And when I worked at Great Dane, people would make fun of me because I'd bring my Bible in and I'd pray before I ate. And I didn't sit in the lunchroom and, and uh, listen to the dirty jokes and stuff like that with all of them. But I tell you this, they would make fun of me until they had a need. And you know, the first person they'd run to, they'd come to me, hey, pray for so-and-so. They have cancer. Pray for so-and-so. Would you pray for so-and-so? Why? Because they seen that I was a Christian, there was something different, and that I did care about them. And I didn't say, no, you, you made fun of me. No, that's when, that's when the love of Christ really shines through. People need to see the love of Christ in you. See, think about the Bible characters when they got saved. The maniac of Gadara, what happened to him when he got saved? God told him, listen what it says in Mark 5, 19. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee. He just got saved. This is a man that just got saved, just got his life right. God tells him to go and tell his friends. And he said, uh, and uh, go and tell what the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee, and he departed, notice this, and he began to publish it in Decapolis, how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. He didn't just go to his family and his friends, but he began to uh, publish it throughout his community. Tell other people about what the Lord has done for him. Hey, he didn't go and he wasn't, he wasn't uh, cramming the Bible down people's throats, but this is what he did. He said, you know what? God saved me. He's changed me. You remember I was a maniac. I was cutting myself and I was naked and I'd done all these things. But look what God, God has done in my life. He has changed me. He has made me a new creature. Do you see what, what the maniac Gader did? He began to go out and tell people about the Lord, but also... I believe it's a personal command. It says, go ye, go ye. Sometimes we have this idea, it's the, it's the pastor's responsibility to go out and tell people about the Lord. It's, it's the deacon's responsibility. Brother Travis, it's your responsibility to tell people about the Lord. Sunday school teachers, it's your responsibility, but it's not mine. That's not my, that's not my calling. God hasn't called me to do that. Do you want to know how you know if you're called to be to present the gospel to people, to tell people about the Lord, this is how you can know. Are you saved? Are you saved? So I just don't know what to say. Pastor, I just don't know what to say. I'd be happy to sit down and spend time with you going over it, 
sharing with you, what you can tell people, how you can show people. The biggest thing, you know what Paul did? Yeah, he had, most of the, he had a lot of the Bible memorized, but he didn't go through the Bible. You know what he did? He just told about what God had done for him. You see, how do I know that, that if I'm called, does it glorify God when people get saved and hear the gospel? I believe so. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, 24, You are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Romans, is being a living sacrifice, presenting the gospel, is that being a living sacrifice? Yeah. The Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, sharing with people what God has done for you. I see it's a personal command, it's a present command, it's a particular command. It says, teach all nations. That word teach there, go ye therefore and teach all nations. What that literally means is to teach them how to be saved. Teach them about the things of the Lord. And then it says, after they get saved, after you've taught them, then after they've been saved, then you go out and you get them baptized. And then it says, teaching them to observe all things. That's teaching them the doctrines, teaching them how to live a life for Christ, and teaching those things, discipling them. So we go, we get them saved, we get them baptized, and then we teach and train them. That's what God has commanded us to do. And I say this, and I've said it many times, but I believe the Christian, the average Christian, and the average church, we're only doing parts of that commission. We may be doing well by sharing the gospel with people and telling them how to be saved, but we're not getting them baptized. Or we might be great about sharing with them and, and getting them baptized, but we're not doing so well with discipling them and training them and showing them how to serve the Lord and teaching them how to do the same, sharing the gospel with others. You may remember the story of the Ethiopian eunuch. The Bible says in Acts chapter 8, Verse 27, it says, And he rose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, an eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near, and join thyself to his chariot. And Philip ran thither to him, and heard him read from the prophet Isaiah. And said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he, should, he would come up and sit with him. You know what, what I'm talking about here? I'm talking about people that are going out, sharing the gospel, getting people saved, getting them down the aisle, get them baptized, and then teaching and training them. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, How then shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Sometimes we say, well, that's just speaking to preachers. No, God is telling us all. We're all called to preach. and pro, pro, Preach means proclaim the good news. Proclaim the good news. Each one of us are called to proclaim the good news. 
The Bible teaches us in 1 Corinthians 2.14, the natural man, they're not going to understand unless someone shares with them and teaches them and, and tells them about the Lord. Because the Bible says this, the natural man receiveth not the things that are of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can they know them because they are spiritually discerned. Folks, they can read the Bible and read the Bible but unless the Holy Spirit does a work in their heart, and unless someone comes and helps them and explains it to them, I believe that we need to share the gospel with folks. But then I want you to notice the power behind the command. He says this, I am with you. I don't know about you, but I'll just be honest with you. I get nervous when I'm, I'm out there. You're not the only one. I get nervous. You say, Pastor, you mean you get nervous when you share it? Yeah. And it's not because uh, I'm afraid the Lord's not with me. It's because I'm afraid of rejection. And what I have to keep telling myself is this. They're not rejecting me. They're rejecting Him. They're not rejecting me. They're rejecting Him. See, there's a power. God said, think about this. The Almighty, All-Creator, All-Powerful God is right there with us. What do we have to be nervous about? What do we have to be ashamed of? When I'm speaking to someone about the Lord, He's right there with me. That ought to do something for us. That ought to convince us. God has given us a promise. Can we take God's promises as truth? Amen. And if we can take His word as truth, if He said that He would never leave us nor forsake us, and if He has commanded us to go out and tell the world and that He would be with us always, that's what He says. God is not a liar. That's one of his immutable truths, something that he cannot do. He cannot lie. So if he said he'd be with us, that's something that we can claim as a promise. God, I know I'm not very eloquent in speech. I know I can't do this and I can't do that. But God, would you help me? Would you guide my lips? Would you illuminate my mind? Lord, would the Holy Spirit of God, would you speak through me? And I can promise you this. If we will just turn it over to the Lord and depend on him... He will help us, and He will guide us through it. So we can, we can be participants by going, but also I believe we can be providers by giving. By giving. Not everyone can go out. There's some that are sick. There's some that are, you know, have illnesses that, they, they, illnesses that they just can't go out. But even the smallest child can give. Some might say, well, that's mean, taking money from a baby no, you've missed the mark. You've missed it. We're teaching our children a valuable lesson. God loveth what kind of giver? A cheerful giver. And we ought to listen, it ought to bring joy to our hearts when we give to the Lord as we give in our tithes and our offerings and to missions, faith promise missions. When we give, we ought to give as a cheerful heart thinking, oh, I can't wait to see what God's going to do with this. We ought to have cheer, be cheerful, every man according as he purposeth in his heart. So let him give, not, a, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Paul said this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 15. It says, Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, uh, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as a, concerning giving and receiving. He, what he was talking about was uh, uh, being support, supporting him financially and helping him take care of his needs and such as that. And then he goes on and he says, But ye only, for even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again of my necessity. 
Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Paul was saying, hey, God's going to provide for me one way or the other, but I'm glad that you're, you've done this, that you've given. When our, our missionaries come in here and they say, hey, thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support financially. I want to thank you for that. You know what he's saying? He's saying, hey, I thank you for this, but God's going to bless you. That's what they're saying. God's going to bless you. Why? Because that fruit may uh, abound on your account. Then the last thing I have for you, we can be petitioners by praying. By praying. How often do we pray for our missionaries? How often do we pray for our missionaries? You see, prayer is what gets things done. But it generally is the last thing we try. Has anyone ever locked their keys in their car? Brother Tim, my wife, I know she had to raise her hand a couple times, both hands, both feet. But uh, we lock our keys in our car. What do we do? Well, what we try is we try to force our way in by our own strength. You know, maybe there's a little bit of gap between the window that we let down. And we try to maybe push it down just a little bit so we can get something in it. And then we try to, through our, our own intelligence, we try to find whatever's nearest, coat hanger or, or something, a string, something. We try to open, unlock the, the door through that way. But then we think, well, I hate to bust this window. Then we thought, okay, I'll just call a locksmith. They, have, they can make a key. They can unlock it for me. You know, that's exactly what we do. We do all that we can with our own strength, our own intelligence, our own abilities. And then when none of those things work out, then we pray. I'm just telling you where I am. I think that most of us are that way. We don't, the first resort is not prayer. The first resort is, hey, what can I do? How can I do this? How can I, through my strength, my finances, through my abilities, how can I get this done? Instead of doing that, why don't we fall on our faces before the Lord and say, God, I don't know what to do. I'll share this with you. We can, we can be participants by going. We can be petitioners by praying. We can be going, giving, and praying. Notice these three things. Going, giving, and praying. Notice something about these things. It's all action words. Going, giving, and praying. It's going to take some effort on our parts. Remember what I said at the beginning? Compassion is passion put into action. What are you compassionate about? You know what Paul said? My heart's desire. My heart's desire. Is that they be saved. What is your heart's desire? I tell you, each one of us in this room have somebody, a friend, a family member, an acquaintance that is lost. Every single one of us does. Why don't we get compassionate about that friend, that loved one, that brother, that sister, that mom, that dad. I don't know who it is, but get compassionate about it not just that we have a passion for them and a love for them, but that it does, it stirs us to action. We must put our passion for souls into action. 
The Bible says, last verse, in John 15, 16, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. See, I, I want to challenge us as we go into missions month. I think we all can be partition, participants by going whether it's in the marketplace, the storehouse, or whatever it is, wherever we find ourselves, grab a track of stacks, invite people to come to church. You say, I don't, I don't know how to talk to, I can't communicate with people in that way. I'm just not one of those type of people. That's fine. Sit down with me. I can share with you how to do that. I can give you a card that shows you how to do it. You can sit down and memorize it. Or you can just tell them, hey, Jesus saved me. And I'd like to see him save you one day too. Just share about what the Lord has done for you. But we can all go out and tell people about him. We can all give something. You say, Pastor, this is another giving message. You're talking about giving. God loveth a cheerful giver. I remember when I was at Lifeline, there was a man that came to Pastor Taylor and he said, I could have bought a boat with what I gave the church last year. Brother Taylor said this, well, you should have bought a boat then. Because God loves a cheerful giver. If you regret what you're giving to the Lord, hey, listen to me, just keep your money. Just keep it. God, God can do mighty things. God can do great and mighty things. But He wants to use you. He wants to use you. But then, something that every one of us can do, we can go, we can give, and we can pray. Every person in here can pray for your missionaries. Pray for those that are, that are able to get out and share the gospel with people. Pray that God will give us boldness as we witness. Go, give, and pray. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. What can we do? Well, How can we get involved with evangelistic outreach and missions here at Putnamville Baptist Church? We can go, we can give, and we can pray. I'm going to challenge each and every one of us to get more involved with missions and evangelistic outreach this year. We're getting ready to come into 2018. My theme, I've been praying about it, and I, I have, think I've settled up on a theme. God keeps bringing this thought to my heart, looking unto Jesus, looking into the hills which cometh my help. I can't get that thought out of my mind because, folks, listen, we need His help, whether it's soul winning, whether it's uh, uh, the church ministries here, whatever it is, we need God's help. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I don't even know for sure I'm saved. I don't even know for sure I'm saved. Pastor, pray for me. I need to be saved. I believe we're all home folk. Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm saved, but I haven't, I haven't been sharing God's Word with people. I haven't been that evangelistic person that I should be. I haven't been that outreach, that Christian outreach that I should be. Pastor, I need to be more bold. I need to be have a better witness for Christ. Pastor, pray for me. Anybody like that? Pastor, pray for me. Anyone? Yes, thank you for your honesty. Anyone else? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I do thank you for how you've challenged my heart. Lord, I'm not what I should be. I'm not the witness that I should be. God, as there's others that raise their hand, realizing there's we all fall short. Sometimes it's because of fear. Sometimes it's because of laziness. Whatever the case may be, it's a lack of obedience. And God, I pray that you would help us, help us all to be better servants, 
to be better soul winners for you. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. We'll give you all the glory and the praise and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Miss Haley's going to begin playing softly. I'm going to encourage you to find a place at the altar. Maybe God has put someone upon your heart today. Maybe it's a friend, a loved one, a neighbor. God has put someone on your heart. You know they're not saved. God has put someone on your heart. Would you come and pray for them right now? Would you pray, God, help me to be that witness. Help me to be that example that they see my life and they say, you know what, there's something different. I want that difference in my life. God, help me to be a bold witness. Maybe you're doing that. Maybe you're, you've shared, you're sharing the gospel with people. You're inviting people to church. That's wonderful. Maybe you haven't gotten involved in faith promise. See, missions is not just on our front porch. Missions is abroad as well. It's overseas. It's here in America. And I want to be a part of missions. I'm going to challenge you. Say, well, I think I can up my missions this year. God has blessed me, and I'm going to up my missions. Now, that's not taking away your tithe. That's giving above and beyond your tithe. You know what missions, faith promise missions is? It's trusting God, trusting God by faith, trusting God to give you so you can give back to Him. That's what faith promise missions is. I'm trusting you, God. That which is not a faith is sin. We need to trust Him. come forward. We'll take up uh, this evening's tithes and offerings. do want to give you just a couple uh, quick announcements and reminders. Of course, this Tuesday, uh, we are having that Preacher's Fellowship. Everyone's welcome to come and hear the preaching. Uh, Brother Jerry Ross is going to be here. Brother Jonathan Reiser is going to be here. And then Brother Josh Poole, uh, a friend of mine, they're all going to be here. It's going to be some good preaching. If you have Tuesday off or if you can take the day off, hey, come and hear the good preaching. And also, um, we're providing a meal for the lunch. I've got breakfast taken care of. We're going to have donuts and maybe some biscuits or something, some biscuits and gravy. But I'll take care of that. I just need those uh, ladies that are going to help to come for lunch and prepare those things. But if uh, you could bring a covered dish, a dessert, uh, be a blessing to the, the, the men of God, um, that would be uh, a help and a blessing to me. And uh, if you don't know what to bring, go see Miss Pam and uh, or Miss Melinda, and they can help you out with that. Uh, then also, mark your calendars, Sunday, November the 19th, we're going to have Thanksgiving uh, uh, service here, and we're going to have a dinner afterwards with a short afternoon service, no p.m. service that week. Uh, then Tuesday, November 21st, is going to be our Pie and Testify service. So uh, be praying about what the Lord have you uh, to testify and thank the Lord for during that time. And then back to Bethlehem, December the 1st to the 3rd. Uh, plan on being here, inviting folks. There's some uh, brochures on the back table or flyers, little flyers. Uh, grab some of those and pass them out. You say, uh, uh, I can do that. I can, I can go and give that to people. That's wonderful. Invite them to come. And uh, I know that would be a help and encouragement 
to your church. All right, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. Brother Luke, sir, would you please? that you would pray um of course pray for my dad as he made it down to kentucky today and uh pray for the services i have a lot of lost family uh that's going to be there and i know the word of god's going to be preached so you pray for them then i have one other thing that's really heavy in my heart uh brother travis and miss pam's son is having heart surgery not this tuesday but the following tuesday and i'm gonna i'm gonna ask our church if you would pray for brother jackie uh, he's having this is a very serious surgery, um, and uh, I know he covets your prayers. I know Brother Travis and Miss Pam covet your prayers. The rest of the family does. So remember them and your prayers, and that's uh, November the 14th. But be praying up to that. God would uh, guide the surgeons, and uh, that would just uh, be in this uh, this situation. All right, let's go ahead and pray. Brother Tim, sir, would you pray? pray. Father, we just thank you praise you for your goodness. We thank you for allowing us to be in your house tonight. We thank you for keeping us safe tonight. We thank you for protecting us from the storm. And Lord, I just pray to you that those are out the roads, keep us safe as they travel. Protect us as we go our several ways tonight. Give us safe as we travel. Lord, I just pray that you'd help us to be the witness you'd have us to be. Help us, Lord, to go out with boldness. And I pray, Lord, that you help us to put our confidence in you, not in ourselves, not in our own abilities. Lord, if we would just prepare as you would have us to, and if we would just trust in you to guide us. Lord, help us to just take that step and go. Lord, we'll praise you for it. Lord, we just pray that you'd guide us every step of the way this week throughout our workplace and school. Help us to be the witness you'd have us to be. In Jesus' name. 